Hello and welcome to CAA Conversations. I'm Glenn Holmstrom, Professor of Art at Newman University. In this podcast, Krista Svalvanis and Greta Pratt discuss the challenges of teaching photography today. Krista Svalbanis holds a BFA in photography from Syracuse University and an MFA interdisciplinary from Sunny New Paltz. Her work has been exhibited in a number of exhibitions, including at the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art, Howard Yazursky Gallery in Boston, Klompching Gallery, and ISE Cultural Foundation in New York. Her work has been collected in a number of private collections, as well as the CSIS Art Museum in Latvia. Recent awards include the Rhonda Wilson Award 2017, Puffin Foundation Grant 2016, and Ebemis Fellowship 2015, among others. In 2015, Svalbonis exhibited a solo installation at the Spartanburg Art Museum in South Carolina. She is an assistant professor of photography at St. Joseph's University and lives and works in Philadelphia. Greta Pratt is a photographer concerned with issues of national identity and American myth. Pratt is the author of three monographs, The Waivers from 2014, Using History from 2005, and In Search of Corn Queen, 1994. Pratt's work is included in major public and private collections and has been shown in Art in America, New York Times, Sunday Magazine, and The New Yorker, along with numerous books and catalogs nationally as well as internationally. She was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize and is a recipient of a New Jersey State Arts Council grant. Pratt is a professor of photography at Old Dominion University, Norfolk, Virginia, where she heads the photography department. Hi, Krista. Hi, Greta. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is great to be conversing with you. Um, so I, I'll start our conversation. Um, and I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about um, teaching today and teaching photography today, which we, we both do. Um, so Greta, you have an amazing, well-schooled practice of taking portraits of strangers in dynamic ways that often cast light on uh, sociopolitical issues in the United States. Your current series, The West, comes to mind thinking about that. Um, and I was wondering, in today's uh, era of Instagram and social media and Twitter, how you engage students to really dive deep into how they explore portraiture? Well, thanks for asking, because yes, I do, um, in my practice, make a lot of portraits of people that I don't know, um, and it is something that's pretty dear to my heart. I also make a lot of photographs that are not portraits, but have people in them. So as part of one assignment, I have students photograph strangers so we can talk about the difference between a portrait and a photograph that just happens to have people in it. Um, for me, the difference is being in a portrait is trying to tell the viewer something about a particular person. So in order to make this clear, I start by showing a lot of examples of portraits and self-portraits, and we discuss what the artist is saying. 
I use Frida Kahlo a lot because her self-portraits are so um, personal and clear about the pain that she's going through. I think that helps students to understand what it is that they're uh, trying to dig deeper into somebody. I also give them some quotes. Uh, there's some great quotes about portraiture. Cartier-Bresson, for one, um, says, the most difficult thing for me is a portrait. You have to try and put yourself between a, the skin of a person and his shirt. That, I think, is pretty descriptive. And also, Dwayne Michael says, I think the best portraits don't necessarily show you what somebody looks like, but they tell you what somebody is about. Inevitably, though, um, students come back with smiling pictures of people. <laughs> and I have to say, hmm, is that a portrait? Um, what are you trying to say about this person? And then we talk about how the big smile, the particular stance that certain groups of people will adopt um, is really a mask. And it's not really telling us anything deeper about that particular person. I'm going to cut in here for a moment because I think I mean, a lot of your portraits have a very environmental aspect. And so do you you know, ask your students to consider that, like placement of people in relationship to their environment, because you do that so well. Well, thank you, Krista. Um, yes, definitely. Um, this last batch of portraits that I got from students just last week were a lot of big smiles and a lot of kind of close-ups of their face. So then we have to get into, well, is a likeness a portrait? Is your driver's license a portrait? Is your... Um, high school, what is called portrait, a portrait, the kind of portrait that we're looking for? No, not really. So it takes them a while to kind of get that, but um, they do. And yeah, I think having the environment is um, always something that gives us uh, clues and hints into a person's background. Another thing that we talk about is how a portrait really, no matter how much you try to make it about a person and dig into something deeper about that person, it's really about yourself. And I think that Avedon's in the American West is kind of a prime example of that. And then, so how do you negotiate that with your, with your students? You talk about... Uh, the portrayal of someone, um, you know, how they approach their portrait subjects, what, what they might be imposing on, on the individual that they're taking a picture of? Well, I think that the smile <laughs> is part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not um, able to take a picture of somebody where they really have this big smile, you're kind of not able to get past that revealing of yourself also. Um, so basically, I just ask them to take their time to put their sitter at ease or not at ease and to think about what they're doing. Are there um, particular like tips that you that you give them for this, like for portrait sessions? Do you say like, 
perhaps making subject uncomfortable or comfortable how how the variance in portraiture happens that way or are there particular um yeah, I guess well, tips that I, you could give them in approaching people. I, I show them a lot of different kinds of work. Um, like I would, for me, Katie Grannon's work um, in Modesto and in California, where she made um, all those portraits of people on white, I find them very uncomfortable. For me, I really try to make people comfortable. And... And I guess that's probably part of me, not to smile so much, but I want to, I want to allow them to present themselves in a way that makes them feel that they are special and somebody worth having a formal portrait taken of. I so, think that's for, for your work, not to interrupt you, but. For your work, that's so, um, I, I had a note jotted jotted down about your work um, being effortless, intimate portraits, because they just feel, uh, they feel so natural. And I, how do you do that yourself? How do you make that, that, um, that individual comfortable with that, with that camera in front of them? What I try to do is um, when I approach somebody to just open myself up as much as I can to talk about who I am and show, allow my insecurities to show and just approach them as a real person so that they feel comfortable being a real person back with me. I don't know. It seems to work most of the time. <laughs> it, it visually does. Your work is, you know, it, it really feels like these these uh moments that are quite intimate and special and then you're able to just be there you know but your presence isn't quite known in in the images that you shoot which i think is just really lovely so it's like a fly on the wall almost so it's it's wonderful thank you yeah i mean i guess maybe it is but also when you go back to avidon look at who he was you know i'm a different person from him Possibly that has something to do with who I am also. Right. So, Krista, let me ask you about your work and your teaching. Because um, for as long as I have known you, your photography has uh, not conformed to the, to the traditional flat, two-dimensional square or rectangle. You've used geometric shapes, three-dimensionality, you have laser cut words into photographs, all as part of a dialogue on migration and displacement and home. So how do you get your students to think of photography as more than just a flat piece of paper? That is a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think in inevitably, and this is a conversation that I have, a lot with the photo community in general is uh, really thinking about how we define photography and whether we define that in a really narrow um, confinement or whether we start thinking about the broad context of what the photograph can possibly be. You know, is does photography include video? Does it include virtual reality? Does it 
include 3D printing, um, you know, how there are, there's all this technology now and, and it relates to image making in some kind of way, you know, does it relate to the photographic pra uh, practice? And my interest really lies in that. It really um, is about thinking um, about just beyond the 2D plane and really expanding our notions of photography and what photography can be. And uh, and I'm a fan of not being confined to like one particular definition. You know, I like the idea of of uh, mixed media or the idea of, of um, you know, why can't a photograph be a sculpture too? Or, um, you know, or, you know, why can't it uh, photograph be an installation? Um, it can be an experience. You know, what, what are the different options that are, that are viable out there for photography? So that's hard to, to do with individuals like we're talking about who are used to like a screen or a 2D plane already that um, like that's their interface with images magazines or uh, paper productions or or like a, a social media on screen um, but pretty flat so the first thing that we do really is talk about um, constructing a photograph so more about making it as opposed to taking it and what does that what does that mean how can we construct or fabricate a scene or a still life or a creation for the camera you know how does that how can we do that first you know mm -hmm. instead of going out in the world and finding our uh images can we make them for our cameras um so that's our that's the baby step <laughs> but, uh -huh. but have them consider first you know thinking about that and then um you know once they once they get comfortable with okay so now i can actually start crafting uh, in for the camera specifically, you know, how can we now bridge that into actually physically moving into three-dimensional space, whatever that means. And then we talk a lot about uh, what materiality does to the communication of an idea or concept. We talk a lot about how materials can help um, hone one's uh, ideas. So, and how that contributes to, to a photograph and to um, an interpretation of a photograph. So we, um, we talk a lot about uh, Alfredo Jar, who I don't think would really consider himself a photographer, but uses uh, photography in a whole variety of ways. And we talk about his installations of, um, he has this one really amazing uh, installation um, of projected images on these um, chemical, uh, basically chemical tin basins. And these were basins that were dropped in a dump um, that inevitably ended up um, poisoning a village because children were playing in this, in this dump. Um, and so the installation itself are these images of these children that he's taken um, from that village that are projected directly onto these water vats in these chemical bins. And so we talk about that, you know, we talk about, well, what's the difference between printing out this portrait of this child, putting it on the wall, and then having text that explains that, or is there a physical way that we can explain that relationship of what, what's happened in this narrative, um, and that he does that through that projection. And then it also creates a space, an environmental space for a viewer to really interact with the, with the images as well. 
there's another series that we talk about a lot, which is David Emmett Adams, who takes these really beautiful, iconic images of the West, um, things that you would, uh, you know, associate with like 18th century, 19th century photography. And then he uh, prints them through the darkroom, through darkroom process on these pieces of trash that he's collected throughout this environment in, in the West. And so we talk about that. You know, we talk about, you know, what, what does that mean having this image directly printed onto this piece of trash, communicate what he's saying about uh, how we um, basically pollute our environment, you know, how we, how we interact with our environment. And so those so are some of So let me just the... interrupt you for a second. Yes. Are you familiar with Candela Gallery in Richmond? I think I, I saw some of his work show work there, and there's another uh, photographer there right now. I can't think of his name, but he is um, printing onto oil, uh, the like the oil canisters. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That work is like incredible. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I saw that he was having a show there, and I'm really bummed. I've never been able to see any of the work actually in person but uh, but I love that materiality that's that's associated with that really thinking about this idea all right instead of just um, uh, talking about America and talking about trash and talking about our relationship with uh, the environment in just a 2d plane how can I really connect physical the physical trash with with the images I'm taking in of those spaces so um, those are things that we do yeah, well, there's so many ways. I mean, photography is just so broad. So there's so many ways to think about it. Um, you know, when you say making and taking, um, I was just having this discussion the other day with a student. I'm a documentary photographer. I'm an observational photographer. I go up and out into the world. But does that mean I'm taking? Because for me, I'm feel that I'm making because I'm choosing a particular slice to make a photograph of, you know, is it in or is it out? Why? It's not just everything that's out there. I think it's just photography has become so broad and it's great. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's also so valid point too. I mean, not, not to say that like the only aspect of making is something that's actually produced physically or, or that you're producing specifically for, for the camera. There is an act of, yes, of what we omit in a frame, you know, and how we position ourselves while taking an image. There's an act of making in that, of course, definitely, that I wouldn't want to take out, <laughs> take out of observational photography at all. But, but that specifically for for the way that, that I'm thinking in, in several courses, I'm thinking about the physicality of photography and really thinking about, um, you know, and the construction of it in a physical way. And so how do students react to that? They, they get really excited. <laughs> yeah. And I think part, part of that is because um, I suppose – you know, a lot of the photographic process today is so digital, not that there's anything wrong with digital, but a lot of it's very digital because of that ease in taking a picture and processing it quickly, whether that be on the computer or through an app or something like that. And then once it's, it's almost like the way that uh, Darkroom is approached, I really take that digital realm 
and talk about physical ways to really manipulate an image or print on a different surface and how do you prepare a surface to then be printed on digitally. And so there's a there's a whole craftsmanship, almost like a darkroom craftsmanship that's being um, treated with this in the digital realm with this kind of, uh, at least the, the course that I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. So they get really excited about that. They're excited about like using their hands in a very physical material way. So it's kind of nice for them to get off of, off of the screen um, and into something that's tangible space. Yeah, no, I agree. It's um, just being on a computer, even just to make a print. When people are so used to being on the computer, making a print is like some big deal to them. It's um, it it becomes this physical thing that they're not used to, and they're like, "Well, it doesn't look." on my it doesn't look in the print like it does on my computer and I'm like uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that's like a whole craftsmanship issue too right you know thinking about like screen to print right that's a whole nother um that's a whole nother issue and there's a there's a tangibility to that too yeah um you know re- a relationship between digital and then physical print with that as well that's to be negotiated and <laughs> but yeah absolutely well, I'm thankful for this opportunity to get to see your work again. Um, really impressed with that laser cutting. That's just amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's another uh, another thing that we, we talk about manipulating images and how um, how you can manipulate them physically that then also produces meaning as well. And so a combination of that series has a combination of text and image, which uh, has an interesting relationship to it, I think. Definitely. Thanks so much, Greta, for uh, taking the time out and talking about photography today. Well, thank you. It's been great to see you and uh, look through your work again, because it's been a long time since graduate school. So I'm happy to have the opportunity to catch up. Thanks so much. Thank you both for participating in CAA Conversations.